Everyday consumers are being bombarded with the next big thing in health, wellness, and fitness. What's the future of keeping ourselves healthy, and what's just a passing fad? Hi, I'm Joey Thurman, and if you don't know me, I'm a health and fitness expert and author. I've been fortunate enough to work with celebrities, athletes, C-suite executives, and everyone in between. I've been featured on the Today Show, Live with Kelly and Ryan, Good Morning America, TEDx, and lots of other publications. As part of my ever-increasing thirst for knowledge, which ironically happened after college, I decided to create the Fatter Future podcast. What sets this podcast apart is that I am the guinea pig for these episodes. I don't only want to bring in world-class experts on the show, I want to truly get a first hand experience what it's like to say go on ketamine and trip for my depression go on a three-day fast drinking nothing but coffee and water for age reversal eat nothing but plants and get the blood work done to back it up or even get my brain mapped to see how messed up my head is from getting knocked around playing hockey once i try these things i bring on the experts to talk about my experience and explain it to the audience in a digestible manner and ask the true question is it a fad or is it the future? Because after all, we don't want to be fatties. On this episode of the Fad or Future podcast, I have the author of Sugar Free 3, Michelle Promaleko. I tell you what, she has a lot of tips on if you're addicted to sugar. And if you're like me, here's a little secret. Once I have that piece of cake, I can't stop. I know I'm going to eat the entire thing. How do I stop that? She's got tips for me. Did you know sugar has ages? Advanced glycation end products that can make you look older? I don't want to look older. I'm too young for Botox. Stay tuned here for this episode of the Fatter Future Podcast with Michelle Promaleko. What's going on? It's Joey Thurman. Welcome to another episode of the Fatter Future Podcast. And today, Michelle Promaleko, that's a fun name to say, Promaleko, 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 Promaleko. Uh, she is the author of Sugar Free 3, the simple three-week plan for more energy, better sleep, and surprisingly easy weight loss. And Michelle, before I introduce you, you've got a quote in the book to anyone who has ever been trapped in a bad relationship with sugar. Here's to breaking up for good freedom. Tastes so much better. Hi, doesn't I, it though? I like it. That's a little bit of the the dating analogy. Uh -huh. I mean, you know, I was the editor of Cosmo for a while, so you just kind of can't totally shed that. You, you, you still you bring you, you bring the dating and relationship thing back in. You can't help yourself. So you're a former editor of Cosmo. You've done some work with women's health. Well, you you've been you've been around the block in the um, you know media scene, yeah. Yeah, I was the editor in chief of women's health uh -huh. and the editor in chief of Cosmo. And the editor of a bunch of other things. Okay. So, yeah, you could say I've been around the block in the media world. That, 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 that's, <laughs> that's a good thing. She's, she's been a good around the block in the media world. Yes. Okay. So Sugar Free 3. Let, let's get into it. Why, yeah. write, why write this book? Wow. I mean, because we're all sugar dependent. Mm -hmm. Maybe not you, Joey. You might be the one person oh. I've found who isn't. I don't know. We'll, we'll, I don't know. We'll, we'll, You'll we'll, have to divulge. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that. I mean, yeah. you, you, you can turn the table and interview me for a second. But, yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, so sugar I want to know, know if you have any yeah. of the you know sugar dependencies that most of us have. But yeah, it's a, it's a huge crisis and one that's growing mm -hmm. and um, something that I've had, you know, difficulty gaining control of. So I've adopted so many healthy habits over the years, mm -hmm. you know, being a wellness journalist and, um, you know, just trying to be healthy in general. But that's the one thing that's been hardest to kick. Right. And so I decided to devise a plan that was doable to help me and help a lot of other people. Well, I mean, you know, here's my confession. You're Bring ready, it. You ready for Bring it? Bring it. I... 
when I eat a piece of sugar, whether that's cake, whatever, it's like you just gave me a big eight ball and I'm going just downhill fast. I cannot, when, when people say, like, and my clients like, oh, just try a little bit, I don't give them that crap right. because I know like that is my drug. And if I'm going to have one piece of cake, I'm eating the entire thing and it all goes downhill from there. And I just feel sick and I do this several times a year. So yeah. as I was you know, digging into your book, like, yeah, that's me. That's me. That's yeah. me. And I do have that problem, but I can't, I can't have it because it's just going to be a big problem for me. So, I mean, I think that's yeah, what you're trying to tackle. And, and that, is, that is true for a lot of people, right? Yeah. It's like if you eat some, you crave more. Right. That's the way sugar works. Yeah. Um, and you probably have sensitivity because you don't eat it often. Mm -hmm. So you've increased your sensitivity to it. And now it doesn't feel even as pleasurable as maybe it once did. Right. And so it's just, yeah, not a good ride. I mean, so you, there's, I mean, thousands and millions of diet books out there. Would you call this a diet book? I mean, diet has become a bad word mm -hmm. in our culture. So it's an eating plan. Like if you want to call it a diet, sure. I'm not going to personally yeah. take offense. Okay. Um, I just know that word is, you know, really vilified. Right. So it's comprehensive in that it's for better health. And sometimes when I think, you know, diet. I think exclusively weight loss and mm -hmm. sure weight loss is, you know, one of the, for most people, happy side effects of kicking sugar. Right. Um, but it's not the only driver. Yeah. I mean, it, that, that is the thing. I think people went that definitely synonymous with diet is losing weight and, and you need to look a certain way and, you know, look better naked and all, all that sort of stuff. Hey, that was the name uh, of my first book. See, you know, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, you know, you know, I said that I, I I've done my research. I'm sure. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, sugar is, is is such a problem. But, I mean, in your book, you say it's not your fault. Why is it not my fault? Well, I mean, it's not our fault. And when I say that, I mean, I'm not letting everyone off the hook. Totally. Uh -huh. But it's not totally our fault. Right. And the reason for that is, one, we're sort of genetically predispositioned to want sugar yep. as an energy source, right? It is an energy source. Mm -hmm. Our brains need it. Our bodies need it. We need it in much smaller quantities and we really only need it in naturally occurring senses, right. but now we're getting way more than we need. That's the first thing. Right. The second thing is it's hidden in so many foods. And because of that, we're over consuming sugar when we don't realize it. And so for those reasons, it's not our fault. Okay. Well, and, not totally our fault. You know, I, I was just going to go. I do believe in accountability and like personal responsibility. So we'll say it's a little bit our fault, but not totally say, our Mich fault. Michelle said it's not my fault. <laughs> I, I, I'm just going to edit that piece right there. And, and it's it's not my fault. And, and it's going to be called the It's Not My Fault podcast. And we're just going to give a bunch of excuses why it's everybody else's fault, too, mm -hmm. <laughs> except for mine. It's Big Food's fault. It, it is Big Food's fault. All right. You know, so uh, you talk about, okay, it's we've established it's kind of my fault, kind of everybody else's fault that, that's listening. Uh, but you're talking about added sugars and, right. and, and there's a lot of hidden things and added sugars. Why is sugar such a problem? I mean, it has zero nutritional value, mm -hmm. right? It's one of the only things that we consume that doesn't have any value inherently. Um, it's, you know, empty calories. It's pleasure producing. Mm -hmm. But other than that, no bueno. No, no bueno. I, I, yeah. You so, yeah, that's about the extent of my <laughs> that, my Spanish. Uh, uh, um, po but yeah, it's, so it's you know it's detrimental um, to basically every system of our body, right? Mm -hmm. It's not nourishing us, and if we're eating 
sugar-laden foods, then we're not eating foods that could be more nutritious. Right. So conversely, when you start eliminating foods that have added sugars and artificial sweeteners and refined carbs, yeah. then you automatically are going to be adding more nutritious foods to your diet. So that's that's why you're not specifically saying diet because you're not sitting there and uh, counting calories, right? Yep. This plant sugar-free three has no calorie counting and no portion control because mm. I'm of the belief and the experts that I you know collaborated with right. for the book are of the belief that if you do this one thing, you are going to get healthier. Sure. Right. And so I really wanted to simplify and you're probably going to lose weight and you're going to have all these, you know, better skin, better sleep, yeah. better digestion, all the things. So it wasn't important to me um, to put a lot of restrictions on it because they think that's one of the reasons that so many diets or eating plans fail right. because they're just not sustainable. You can't stick to them. And I'm the kind of person the second you tell me I have to do these like 20 things to make something work, I'm like, ugh, brain is shutting down. Uh -huh. Sounds sounds too labor intensive. I wanted to make it as simple as possible, but also as efficacious as right. possible. And it's amazing what doing, you know, just the things I mentioned, eliminated ad adding sugars yeah. does for your health. I mean, and it makes sense. So if you're cutting out added sugars, and we'll, and we'll get into the weeds with this, but if you're cutting that out and you're replacing it with something that's nutritionally dense and, you know, vegetables and fruit and, you know, lean animal protein, if that's your thing, then it's going to be really hard to, you know, go off the deep end and have a bunch of other crap. Totally. And that and that's the point. And the thing about this plan is that it's liberal in what you can eat. Mm -hmm. So whereas a lot of other eating plans cut out whole categories of food, I don't do that. Yeah. I mean, you can be a plant based eater, you can be a, you know, carnivore, you can be an omnivore, you can, you know, eat whole grains. A lot of eating plans cut out dairy, cut out grains. Yeah. I'm not doing that. Right. I am just saying cut out the added bad stuff. Okay, so you're you're cutting out the added bad stuff. Now let's talk about some of the bad stuff. I mean, you say sugar, uh, eating sugar can well not make you as attractive. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it can you know trash your skin uh -huh. and make you feel low energy and maybe make you kind of grumpy because right. your energy levels are in flux. And I don't know, grumpy people aren't that attractive, right? I mean, I mean yeah, like you, even if you're really good looking and you're grumpy, I don't want anything to do with exactly. you. Exactly. I don't, I, don't, I don't care if you're the most attractive person sitting in this booth right now if, if you're grumpy. <laughs> exactly. Now, now, if we're taking grumpy and attractive and, and grumpy and unattractive, I guess I'll take grumpy and attractive. Right, right. If, if that's my option right there. <laughs> So you talk about advanced glycation end products, and you and I think one of the uh, dermatologist friends that you have. That yes, talks about that. yes. What, my, what are those? Yes, yeah, so my dear friend Whitney Bow, who mm -hmm. is that's um, a fun name too. Whitney Bow. Whitney Bow. Yeah, Whitney Bow, Doctor Bow, and she, you know, is an advocate of getting the Bow Glow. Right? She helps. She helps oh, people do that. I see what yeah. she did with that. There. Okay. Um, yeah, she goes into you know, and much better than I can the the technicalities of how sugar ages your skin and mm -hmm. but she's also a big proponent of talking about how it is systemic and she has done a lot of research on the microbiome and she mm -hmm. talks a lot about that and how eating too much sugar disrupts that right and then that obviously has an impact on your cells and every system your immunity mm -hmm. 
um, and ev- and every system. So yeah, so it only stands to reason that your skin's not going to look good if things aren't functioning properly. So you're saying if we eat better, we can actually be healthier on the outside. Yeah, this wow. is a this is a whole 360. Wow, you know, I don't know if you picked, up on, the, the, I don't be- you picked up on the sarcasm. Yeah, there. beauty from the inside out. Okay, uh, so the best kind, <laughs> the best kind. Yeah, because I mean, actually, there, there's a there's a lot of doctors that deal with like you know severely type two diabetics, and if they have a lesion or something on their skin and they cut out sugar or they have them fast for a certain amount of time, it starts healing because that that sugar is essentially feeding those wounds, and and it's crazy the damage that it's having on our cells and. And when you think about it that way, holy shit. Yeah. But see, most people don't think about it that way. And I found through just talking to people that there's this idea that sugar is harmless, right? When you think about it or just, you know, that sugar is harmless and also that um, we don't give enough credence to how important nutrition is to our total overall well-being and health. And if you think about it, sugar has, you know, historically been used as a reward, right? Right. Kids get given sugar when they're good, right? When they're well-behaved on birthdays, we've all been, you know, indoctrinated into this idea that sugar is something we give ourselves as a reward. When really, when you stop to think about all the detrimental things that it does, it's really not that great of a reward, is it? It's kind of a right. punishment, and and that's that's a very good point because you know I say if you're good, we'll take you for ice cream. Totally, if we're that's good, a you know, example. We'll, we'll make you cookies if you do your homework, and, and then also we're, that's it's becoming detrimental to our children. And I, I got a little son, and and I don't he, I don't think he's had chocolate yet, and he's almost two years old. Be like, oh, you're depriving him. What the hell am I depriving him of? I'm, no. I'm actually giving him health. If he wants to eat chocolate when he's older, he wants to do that. Yes, what I prefer is dark chocolate, and it's from a good source and all. Yeah, but the dude wants to go have some sort of like candy bar. Yeah. It's going to be fine. Yeah. But we didn't want to start feeding him and his palate right away. We started with vegetables right away, and he, and not even you know like sweet things because he wanted him to crave that. And now he eats everything. Totally wild yeah. how that works. No, it is. Yeah, it is wild and. It's amazing that, um, you know, it's hard to unwind from from thinking that it is a reward, right? It's just been ingra- – I mean, I even think that way sometimes and I know better. It's like, oh, I deserve to go have ice cream. It's like, no, 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 no. And you have to really backtrack right. because it's very reflexive to think of it as a reward. Right. I mean, every celebration – has sweet things. Yeah. Sugar booze and generally there's sugar in the booze. Yeah. So it is not a reward. Um, you know, all that said, I try not to be too much of a buzzkill. Okay. okay? <laughs> I am for three weeks you're a buzzkill. <laughs> Just for three weeks. Sugar free three. Get it anywhere. Um but yeah, I mean I listen, I'm not virtuous and I don't comply a hundred percent of the time. Right. Um and I make no bones about that in the book. I'm very transparent about it. And even though I ask people to give up, you know, alcohol for, as an example, for the three weeks, I certainly don't want to never drink wine again. Right. Um, Actually, dry red wine doesn't have that much sugar in it. You know, see, as long as you're setting your excuses up, it's fine. I'm totally setting my excuses. (laughs) And I also built in something called the mindful indulgence into the plan, which is once a week, you can have something from the not allowed list. Okay. And for some people, that's the thing that's going to help them get through. Mm-hmm. And for others, it's going to be 
a trigger. Like for you, like it's like the uh-huh. downward, yeah. you know, spiral. And yeah. so you, if you were doing sugar free three, would avoid. You just wouldn't do the mindful indulgence, yeah. right? It's a, it's voluntary, right? Joey, um, Joey don't do that, that blow. It's yeah. not a good idea. <laughs> I'm talking about the sugar. Okay, okay. Um, oh my, jeez. The other white. She knows stuff. me too well. The already. other white. Okay, stuff. got it. Got yeah. It, got it. So I listen. So I built that in there. So there are. Um, you know, tools to sort of get you through. And then there's also maintenance plans that go from, you know, keeping the program going to sort of easing off certain things and having some more mindful indulgences. So I wanted it to be sustainable um, and achievable. Okay. So what are the things that uh, people need to start cutting out? So they're going to pick up your book and and I want to give them some digestible tips right now. Sure. Pun pun intended. Uh, (laughs) So they start cutting out. You're going to have less inflammation. You're going to not have that that saggy sugar skin. You're going to have better sex bonus. Um, uh, I mean, mean, you talk about in the book how sugar and men lowers your testosterone levels. And anybody listening, I I think that's when uh, everybody that's of the camp of, oh, it doesn't matter what I eat as long as it's moderation and no bullshit. Calorie is not a calorie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you start cutting this out in these things, what are the main things that people need to be cutting out? Well, I mean, it's added sugars, right? And mm-hmm. the problem is, is that there are like 60 aliases for sugars. Mm-hmm. I call them like sugar AKAs in the book. Yeah, you have a full page And I can't, I mean, I can rattle off a bunch of them, right. but it's like you can, you can see the book or, you know, look them up. Right. Um, by the way, it's also a video platform, which I want to mention. Oh, yes. So in addition to the book, it's also a video series on a digital streaming platform called OpenFit. So you okay. can do the program with the book. You can do it with the video series or you can do them as companions. I Where just... can they find OpenFit at? OpenFit.com. Oh, easy. Got it. Um, and it is, you know. I love that you can do it either way or do them as, you know, compliments to one another because right. some people like to learn through reading. Some people like to watch and listen mm-hmm. or you can kind of do both at, at different points. Um, but there are all these aliases for sugar. Right. But once you start being able to recognize them and you will as you get more familiar with all the different names. And by the way, things like maple syrup and honey and agave and all these other things that have a health halo are still sugars. And so you have to avoid those at least for the three weeks. So you talk about health halo. I actually have the right here. Is it natural, light, diet, healthy, sugar-free? Yeah. Well, the other thing that, you know, food companies do very successfully is they market to us. Mm-hmm. And they know that in general, the public is looking to be healthier. And so they've, you know, learned that by using certain buzzwords that sound healthy, um, that they can seduce us into buying foods that may not be the best choice, um, but that sound healthy. So right. if we don't know what to look for, you know, it's very easy to get duped. Yeah. Even something like the word wheat on bread might convince you that it's good, but if it doesn't say whole wheat, then it's not a whole grain. Right. So without that knowledge, you can make an innocent mistake, really. Mm-hmm. With a little bit of knowledge, you can very easily make a better choice. Sure. So uh, so you, you've, you've got the things that obviously people don't know, like candy and ice cream and all that sort of stuff. But what about those hidden added sugars? That because I know most people are they're not going to flip over a nutrition label and and read the back of it, or do they know what they're looking for? So yeah. what should people be looking for when they're grabbing a you know bagel, whatever that is? Well, you know, so that's you you hit the nail on the head when we're eating cookies and cakes and things like that. We know we're eating sugar, right? right? We're conscious of it, right? Um. It's the fact that we're over consuming when we don't know we're eating it, and that's because 
sugar is hidden in foods that are savory, things that we don't even think of as sweet, like yogurts, like salad dressing, like pasta sauce, like ketchup, mm-hmm. like bread, um, any refined grain, anything that's not a whole grain, so not whole wheat bread um, or not brown rice, is stripped of its nutritional value. Right. So in some cases, it's been stripped of its nutritional value and then sugar has been added in to make it more palatable. And food engineers and scientists, you know, they spend a lot of time and money figuring out the exact right formula to make us want to keep eating more, right? The more we eat, the more we buy. It's, you know, beneficial to them, but not to us. Um, So I think, you know, even though maybe the average person isn't used to reading an ingredients list or looking at the nutrition facts label, it does really pay to figure that out. Right. Um, And it doesn't take a long time. And in the very near future, all added sugars will be listed. Um, That's not the case now. There's still there's some label laws that are changing and evolving. And um, we're now being protected a little bit more. And you'll see it now start to show up on some food nutrition labels where it'll say added sugars. Um, which means it's not a naturally occurring sugar. It's right. been added. So something like milk yeah. is going to have sugar, but it's naturally occurring sugar. Um, so figuring out how to read those labels and just spotting those things can be super helpful. Yeah. I mean, you, so there's a, you list in your book and actually uh, you show a diagram on how to read a nutrition label. So check out our book. It's a, it's a good diagram on that. But obviously a 16 ounce Coke, you've got 13 teaspoons of sugar. Uh, but this one, Italian dressing. Mm-hmm. One teaspoon. This is per serving. Okay, so that that's huge too when you're reading a nutrition label. Look at the serving size. Yeah, I mean, Italian dressing. You have a teaspoon of sugar in Italian dressing. Yeah, and you can you think of it as like savory, right? right? It's got herbs and yeah. olive oil and whatever else in it, vinegar. But you can just pour that all uh-huh. over your salad, and right? What's and now serving a tablespoon. Like, and who needs? Yeah, no, nobody's doing yes, a tablespoon. Nobody's right? doing a tablespoon. And then when you think about it, you're like, I don't need sugar on my salad like when you think about it like that it sounds disgusting (laughs) it sounds totally unappetizing Uh you're like why would i need sugar on my cereal yeah i mean on my salad or on my cereal or or on your cereal (laughs) yeah i mean you 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 talk talk about cereals in there now what about the word natural everybody says oh well it's natural it's it's good for me right it's natural right well i mean you can natural or you know the other one is organic you can have organic sugar Right. So it's like mm-hmm. in and of themselves, those words are not, you know, healthy words. Right. They're just marketing words. So you have to know what it contains. So one of the things that um, I do in one of the videos on the on the series and I do it um, in conjunction with Carrie Glassman, who's a registered dietitian mm-hmm. who contributed to the book. And she's also a good friend of mine, is we sort of go through how to read a nutrition label and how to look at the ingredients. And the very first step is ignore all the words on the front of the package. We're talking about packaged foods, right? right? Like not whole foods. Um, And so step one, ignore all the language. Just ignore it. Okay. You know, some of it might be truthful. doesn't matter. Ignore it. (laughs) And then what's step two? Flip it over? Yeah, flip it over. Okay. Flip it over. Look at the ingredients. Yeah. um, And then look at the nutrition facts label. Okay. Now, now I get this all the time. And, you know, I'm going to play dumb a little bit here. I mean, I'm a fitness nutrition specialist. But- what about fruit? Everybody says fruit's bad. No, it's not bad. Uh-huh. Um, so fruit, whole fruit is allowed on sugar-free three. Okay. The reason being whole fruit is intact. All the minerals and vitamins are intact with the fiber, right? So it's like 
We are not a nation that's getting unhealthy by ODing on whole fruit. Yeah, that's just not what's happening. I don't happening. think I've ever heard that. Uh, man dies from eating too many apples. Exactly. And, you know, some fruit is, you know, higher in levels of sugar, like bananas and right. things like that, because they have less fiber and yeah. your body absorbs them yeah, it's more, more quickly. Of a starch, yeah. But it's not, I mean, I was adamant about not vilifying whole fruit because mm -hmm. that's not the problem. Now, the second you juice it, it's different. Right. And you're consuming a lot more of it and you're consuming it without the fiber. And the fiber is what slows it down mm -hmm. as it goes through your system and gives you more um, regulated source of energy. What about versus, blending it? Um, blending it, same, same, same thing. thing. You're pretty much getting rid of the fiber. Okay. Yeah, because I know when people juice and they get all that big pulp and everything left there. Like, you just lost a lot of the Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, you know, once you start – the really amazing thing that happens when you start eliminating all these, like, unnecessary sugars is naturally sweet things taste a lot sweeter yeah. and more satisfying. Right. You know, so you can choose to eat some, you know, blueberries or mm -hmm. whatever as your reward. And then it's actually a reward because it has antioxidants and other good things in it. Yeah. Yeah. For me, when I – I mean, like I said, I, I probably do the, the whole sugar – binge four or five times a year and it's generally around the holidays and i know what's totally. going to happen but for me people are like what do you what do you eat for dessert i'm like what do you mean so i'll, I'll have i mean i've done all sorts of stuff i was you know vegan plant-based gluten-free for three months and I, I i try all sorts of crazy things with this podcast but uh like my my dessert is a salad and i put some sliced apple on it and some apple cider vinegar and then like maybe like a pomegranate dressing or something okay but we can do better than that right but like for me <laughs> the, the, my point is that for, for me like that's delicious and yeah because sweet. you've you've acclimated right you've trained your palate yeah. and so it's like by eliminating sugar and yeah. added sugars you've now sensitized your palate as we were right. talking about before and you now have an appreciation you can really detect any level of sweetness yeah um and that is what happens and so for me you know fruit is really sweet now and, right. and perfectly satisfying but i do offer a couple of you know sugar-free recipes for dessert in the book yeah. and one of them is like a cinnamon baked apple so it's got the fruit mm -hmm. another most of them have fruit one of them is um like a whipped ricotta with roasted cherries mm -hmm. all of those things right so it's like you can you can figure out ways to have, you know, that sweetness in your life, right. but have it be have some nutritional value. Okay, I mean, they, and they, also stevia and monk fruit oh. are allowed on the plan. I should say that. Yeah, I was just about to ask oh, about that. Go for it. Okay, what about stevia and monk fruit? <laughs> They're allowed on the plan. Well, nice job. <laughs> um, yeah, so they are allowed on the plan. Um, they're plant-derived sweeteners. Uh -huh. They don't impact your blood sugar the way that, you know, these other added sugars do. I am not saying you should go hog wild. They're not they're not artificial sweeteners right. the way that, you know, brightly colored packets of those chemical concoctions right. are. So I'm not saying to go crazy and like bake all you know, all the brownies in the world with them. Um, that wasn't the point, but they can be used. You know, like I put stevia in my coffee. Right. I just haven't gotten to a point where I can, you know, drink it totally black yeah. and I enjoy it with a little stevia. Yeah. I drink it black, um, so I'm better than you. It's okay. You're way better than me. <laughs> I mean, it's not even a question. You're way better than okay. me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's like, you know, there is stevia sweetened chocolate. Uh -huh. um, again, if it's like you want to eat it moderately, fine by me. Okay. And monk fruit is like 300 times sweeter. I mean, it's so sweet. 
I mean, it is crazy. I don't know what I had with something that had monk fruit in it the other day, and it was I I was really surprised. Because yeah, it's super sweet. I don't really like buy you know candy bars or anything. I don't know what the hell it was, but yeah, it, I I was really surprised by by having that. Okay, so what can what can people eat? I know we talked about fruit. so much. Like, they can I, eat so much. Yeah. I mean, they can eat. I mean, on sugar free three, you can eat. You know, like I said, whole grains, which includes whole grain pastas, mm-hmm. right? So you can eat those things um, as long as they're whole grains. Again, I really advocate eating, you know, a diverse diet. Right. Obviously, you're if you're eating a bunch of different things, including lean proteins and vegetables and um, and other things in addition to the whole grains. Whole grains can be really filling and satisfying. Yeah. Um, but I'm not telling you to eat, you know, cauliflower pizza at, you know, for lunch and whole grain pasta for dinner and, you know, oats for breakfast. Like that's, that's not diverse. Right. So you're not, you're not, you're not demonizing carbohydrates or any specific food group. I mean, unless you consider sugar a food group, uh, you know, so you're, it's more about the balance and just not having the added sugars. That's it. It's just about not having those added sugars and refined carbs and artificial sweeteners. It's just about that because, again, making it super simple Mm -hmm. and doable means that you are going to benefit from just doing that in in all these myriad ways. And, you know, I know from, you know, being a health and wellness journalist and from, you know, practicing some of these things myself that, like, once you get a taste pun intended <laughs> nice nice of, nice job we got digestion and of tasting. how amazing you feel when you start you know eating more healthfully and nutritiously you're encouraged to do more right? right so you might start cutting out you know some other things or tweaking here and there and um gaining a better sort of intuitive understanding of, of how your body reacts to things yeah. And that's where the momentum happens. You know, you you have to start someplace. And for a lot of people in this country, you know, wellness is overwhelming because it is. It's like there's a glut of information out there and it's really confusing Mm -hmm. and marketers are intentionally trying to confuse us. Um, So doing something as simple as this without demonizing whole categories of food is, I think, a really – valuable and powerful step one right so what are some nutrition fads that you would wish that you wish would go away hmm um that i wish would go away i mean i don't know i i don't like you know keto and all those things like it works for some people right. you know i don't think there's a one size fits all solution yeah Except for honestly, maybe this. And I'm not just saying it because it's my book. But like other than, you know, eliminating sugar, it's like plant-based diets are amazing for a lot of people and probably better for the planet. Um, Definitely better for the planet. But they don't actually really make everyone feel good. And so I'm just an advocate of figuring out, you know, what works for you. Um, and that there isn't, you know, necessarily a one size fits all solution. Right. I mean, because you you can be keto and paleo and whatever, and it still fits pretty much everything that's in your book here. Yeah. So oh it, yeah. It, it, it's not. It, 
you're not putting this into a box like if people are like oh what do you eat and you know now diets are kind of like religion or politics you don't want to talk about it because like oh wait, you, you plant-based <laughs> versus carnivore versus keto versus whatever yeah there's lots of judgment yeah. there's lots of judgment and i definitely wanted to dispense with that because to your point you you can eliminate food groups on sugar-free three that's totally i'm not telling you to do it right but you can do it if sure. that's what you choose and then you just eliminate the added sugar too okay so how how would people start? They just they they grab your book and they just stop eating sugar. Is there a kind of is there a process? To, because you you talk about three different people in here, like somebody that will cook and go out to eat. And yeah, those else, right? are those are more the routes, right? Uh -huh. It's like the routes of people who you know like to cook, will cook, right. or the people who never cook, yeah. right? And in New York City, where I live, it is commonplace to meet people who have like converted their kitchens into like closets or something. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even joking. That oven I mean, is a great no place famous, for jeans. You know, fam yeah. famously, like, I don't know, Sex in the City, I think Carrie Bradshaw kept her shoes in her oven. <laughs> um, but, you know. Just don't turn the oven Lots on. of people eat out for almost every meal in New York, right? Either take out, you know, order in, take yeah. out, or eat out. Um, and I definitely do more of that when I'm in the city than when I'm out of the city. If I'm right. out of the city, I might cook. And when I'm in the city, you know, not only is it super, super social, but it's also very easy to access food, right? right. You can order just about anything, any yeah. type of cuisine. Um, you can still do this plan by doing that. Right. I mean, it's definitely healthier to make your own mm -hmm. food. Because you know exactly what's going into it, right? No questions asked. You know what's going into it and you're, you know, controlling that. Right. And whenever you put the control in someone else's hands, like, you know, there's a little bit of secrecy there. Right. But you can still succeed on the plan even if you don't like to cook. Yeah. I mean, look, if if people are going from eating your you know, sad standard American diet and they're, you're going to dinner and you're still ordering that same crap, right? Yes. You, you They're probably adding extra you know, salt and butter and calories to that. And if you cook that same exact meal at home, you're going to get less calories. But on the other hand, if you go and you order some sort of, you know, chicken and asparagus or whatever that's you know it's going to follow the lines of your book here yeah there might be extra calories but you're not you're not having the, the it's totally. still a much much better option so i i think going out gets demonized mm -hmm. and you can be the person like oh, are you cooking it in butter what are you cooking it with can you, add, like, you can do that so i i think there's options now yeah. for people and it's nice i give them three different options yeah three different options um to make it work for anybody and i also encourage people to ask questions when they're dining out it's like you know you have a right to know what's in your food right. Food. Um, you know, you might be that pain in the ass. I mean, I was a waitress for many, many, many years. Yeah. Um, when I was a waitress, it wasn't sort of as popular to, you know, be as specific about what you were eating. It just right. wasn't a you thing. Weren't, you weren't asking if people were um, sensitive to some right, like gluten free random, wasn't a thing. Random like nuts all or of that. Yeah. yeah. But still, I, I've had difficult customers. Sure. So it's not about being difficult. It's about you know asking questions, um, being your own health advocate, and you know if they can answer them they will they might need to go ask the chef they might need to you know procure some information but you know you won't know if you don't ask mm -hmm. and so that's totally up to you that makes sense how would how would you explain say there's a five-year-old uh in here right now hopefully there was a, their, their parents somewhere uh how, how would you explain what they should eat uh to be healthier oh my god you're asking the wrong person <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how to talk to kids <laughs> no i don't have children um yeah i mean i think it's sort of 
they take your lead, yeah. you know, like they take your lead. And they also I was talking to Dave Asprey the other day. And for those of you who don't know, he's yeah. like the founder of Bulletproof. Yep. Um, and he was talking about how his kids now like will re- react. They feel it. They feel the ill effects of not eating nutritiously. And he doesn't, you know. He's not super dogmatic about it because he wants them, you know, to to have some some freedoms. Right. Um, but they've, you know, figured out kind of on their own at this point, like what what feels good and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, they follow your lead in the beginning. In the beginning, you control what they eat. <laughs> so guess what? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when they're in your house, yeah. like yeah. I know once kids start going to school and yeah. parties and things like that. Right. I mean, I have. um nephews and a niece and obviously friends have kids and i see it go down um but you know if you're controlling what's happening in the house you're controlling the majority of what they eat Mm -hmm. and to your earlier point about you know um starting early with like you know getting them used to tasting real food Mm -hmm. and and vegetables and, and things like that and not assuming i've seen some parents assume they won't eat that and so they don't even try. Right. They don't even put it on the plate. Right. Um, which, again, I think is just what we're conditioned to think, mm-hmm. that kids only eat that very select group of foods that you see on children's menus. Right. Like we socialize them to do that, and condition I, them to do that. I think that's how adults are now, right? I mean, I, I was this way. I didn't eat something green until 12 years ago. I literally didn't. I played hot cow. Somebody probably college. assumed, like, you're a kid, you're not going to eat a vegetable. You know, I, I would voluntarily. I would go to KFC, I would get the family sized popcorn chicken back to confession time. We are in a small booth, so kind of confessional booth. I did. Uh, so, I, I, family sized KFC, uh, popcorn chicken, followed by a massive family sized mashed potatoes. I would take that down in my car. And then I proceed to drive to Dairy Queen and get two. <laughs> yes, this is this is a real thing. And get two brownie earthquakes. I'm a wow. fit, I'm a fitness professional, everybody. Wow. And get and get two brownie earthquakes and suck that down. And that was one meal a day, and I was having six thousand calories a day to maintain a two hundred forty pound frame. Wow. Playing hockey. I mean, I I think back to you know what I was raised on, and it's kind of a miracle I made it through <laughs> childhood. You know, really, and and you know it was everything from. The sugary cereals like the Fruity Pebbles and the right. Lucky Charms and the Cocoa Pebbles. Oh, and, and drinking the milk afterwards. I mean, all I had you, you know, it was you who I probably put the you in my cereal. Ooh, like, I mean, that's a you were you were ahead of the game. <laughs> I I probably did that, you know. And there was ice cream in the freezer, and there was all kinds of refined, you know, flour crackers in the right. cabinet, and um, you know, there was like canned fruit that had syrup on it. I mean, it's insane. It's insane to think that there was like canned fruit that had sugar poured on yeah, top of that, it that is wild and so you know that's how i ate in childhood and you know i'm not dissing my mom here because she was a single working mom and it wasn't like she didn't have all the information that we now have right. um but it definitely uh wasn't a good nutritious situation yeah. it was devoid of nutrition um i mean yeah there was like meat and vegetables and all that kind of stuff too sure but there was like a ton, a ton of sugar. Um, and listen, the, you know, the damage happens long, long, long before the symptoms show up. Mm-hmm. And so what you feed your kids and what you feed yourself, you know, might not show up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll, you'll feel it in energy and things right. like that. But the actual 
really serious, alarming stuff might right. not show up for a long, long time. Yeah, it's a big cumulative effect. I mean, we, we build up mileage in our bodies and our joints and, and, our, and our muscle tissue, and I'm not going to train a 50-year-old the same way I would train a 16-year-old. Same mm-hmm. thing with you know that what happens to your cells, and, and you're having all this crap food. Now, where do you see the, the uh, future of uh, nutrition and the food industry heading? Well, you know, they're having to – consumer demand will always influence what happens, mm-hmm. right, in the industry at large. So it's like you see that in beauty products, right? You see now that an educated consumer is asking for cleaner beauty products mm-hmm. and the industry is responding right. with lots of brands. You know, some of them indie, some of the big guys are now, you know, cluing in um, to make products, you know, cleaner, healthier – and the same thing, you know, could happen with food and is happening with the new nutrition labels, right? Yeah. They are now having to, um, you know, include added sugars. You know, there's still a rollout happening, so it's not on every label now, but you're starting to see it. Right. And that is a reaction to consumer demand and also an overwhelming amount of research that says how bad it is. Yeah. And it's a public health threat. Right. And so at a certain point, you know, the powers that be have to step in and be like, this isn't right. You know, we need to do something. Um, So I think, you know, consumer demand will keep improving things. And in order for us to demand things, we have to know what to ask for. And so the education piece comes in. I like that. Uh, Anything else you want to add? I don't know. I think we covered a lot of ground. We covered a lot. Uh, (laughs) Michelle Pramaleko. More fun for you to More, say I'm, I'm just gonna, than for – I love it though when, than for me to have to yeah, spell my whole life. When, when, <laughs> I, when I record this in, intro, it's going to be Joe Thurman. I'm going to class it up. Promaleco, promaleco, promaleco. I love it. Uh, where can people find you? Um, they can find me at Mish Prom on pretty much any social platform, M-I-C-H-P-R-O-M. Okay. That's where to find me. All right. And Sugar Free 3 available – Everywhere available where books are sold, you know, okay. Amazon obviously easiest, Barnes that? and okay. Noble, um, and then OpenFit.com is okay. where you can find the video series. Beautiful. All right, I'm Joey Thurman. This was another episode of the Fatter Future Podcast, and don't be a fatty. F a d d y. I have a hoodie for you. It says "Don't be a fatty." F a d d y. I know. I know. Can't you, wait. You, you can hang out in the "Don't be a fatty" shirt. Uh, don't be a fatty. Be a part of the future. Take care. Tell you what, if you didn't want to go sugar-free before that episode, I really hope you do now. Lots of great information there, Michelle. Thank you very much. And let me say your last name one time. Pramaleko. Pramaleko. Okay, maybe that's two times. Next week on the Fatter Future Podcast, Aaron Alexander. Now, he has the Align Method Podcast and the Align Method book. This guy was one of the strangest interviews I've ever done in my life. And strange in a good way. Before I was talking to him, he was standing in all sorts of weird stances and doing stretching poses. And he's a rolfer. What is what is that? Rolfer. Uh, next week, he talks about posture and how we can align our body, mind, spirit, soul, anything you need to make you a better person and move freely and feel better in your skin. That's next week on the Fatter Future Podcast. So make sure to check it out. Don't be a fatty, fatterfuture.com, at fatterfuturepodcast on Instagram. Follow me at Joey Thurman Fit on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everywhere those social channel things are. And joeythurman.com for all of your fitness and nutrition needs. Sign up. You can see me every single day in your pocket. Just give me a little bit of money. I'm all right. 
Next week, Aaron Alexander, Data Future Podcast. Cheers.